Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan. What's up? And today we are covering episode 12, season 39, Island of the Idols. Just go for it. And they did. Something went. Yeah, this was a very interesting episode. I think we have wildly different takes on how the episode was actually, how successful it was. I yeah. actually came away loving this episode quite a bit. I thought um, the whole way was pretty entertaining and they did a pretty good job of like introducing cool new stories, maybe tying up some ones. And overall, like I was having a good, enjoyable time and I was ready to come in and just be like, yeah, this episode is a fantastic example of how to do things. And I think I might be in the extreme minority on that take. Well, I don't know. I think I could be just as in the minority. Um, I didn't like the episode. I felt like maybe it was just what was happening with like Dean really. I'll give Dean some credit, but he is sort of lucking into really good things here at the end. Um, and just the storylines of Elaine versus Nora at Final Seven. Just it seemed really bland, like status quo stuff going on in this episode and just wasn't for me. So, yeah, I wasn't very into it. And then everything just got shooken up. Yeah, big time. (laughs) No, that was unbelievable. I was watching the episode... And, you know, I keep track of time as I'm watching to see kind of, like, how far are we into for a normal Survivor episode. Right. And when we went, ended up going to Tribal at 40 minutes, like, at X40, and we still had 20 minutes of the show left, I was like, I thought we were going to get, like, a terrible twist. That's what I was expecting. Just, like, a truly horrendous twist popping up. Um, Just, yeah, something. I was like, how could this Tribal, Elaine versus Nora, be... And I was hoping, I was like, maybe it's just going to completely switch. They're all, go- all the women are going to bond together and take out Tommy, like we wish every episode, but that was not the case. No, it was a standard tribal council, is, if anything, pretty mundane tribal council. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm just checking my watch, like, oh, Boston Robin and Sandra are going to come in the game or something. Like, it's going to be, uh, they're going to remove a juror. They're gonna use- I guess they did do that, but. Um, <laughs> I It didn't even cross my mind that Dan getting ejected was a possibility. In the moment, of like, not. they yeah. didn't set it up at all. There was no setup whatsoever. If anything, Dan skewed kind of positive in this episode before the incident, right? Which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he's gone at final six. Don't you love late game ejections? Yeah, it's just to me. I honestly feel like tell me, uh, tell me if you think I'm wrong on this. I think that they handled it maybe in the worst way imaginable in hindsight. And by them, I mean the producers on site, not the editors of, so they didn't remove him at the merge. So he completely impacts the entire game. So now the game is completely out of whack because they chose, they opted not to remove him at the final 13 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Instead, they remove him at the final six. So he has, his fingerprints are all over the game, the massive impact on the game. And now there's an ejection at the final six, completely decimating the end game. Like, Everybody's end game is completely different because there's one what one more tribal left. Right. It's just yeah, insane. It's just I think you look at season 39 and I think with what's happened before this episode there's already a sort of mark against it like it's unfortunate that these things happened they were absolutely awful but around that is a great season filled with great characters and a lot of really interesting episodes. With this while it was initially like, yes, this is great. I'm so glad this finally happened. It's, we talk about putting an asterisk on winners, but it's almost an asterisk on the entire season because so many things go differently if Dan is not there and Dan's not casting votes. He casts the vote for Elizabeth. Um, All sorts of stuff like that. Just Kelly doesn't leave. 
Yeah. Someone two idols is there at the final 12. All kinds of stuff like that, right, is massively shifted because they chose not to remove him. And so I feel like there's two kind of schools of thought on how to handle the situation. One is do nothing, um, allow anything to go in the game of Survivor, the game integrity above all else. The other is there's a moral obligation to remove him from the game. They managed to do neither, hit both things in the worst way possible, where completely uh, is morally, I think, outrageous that he's in there till the final six until he does another incident is just ludicrous to me. But then on the game, like if you're just looking on a game centric, like you're wanting to defend the integrity of the game or whatever, it also completely screws that up. You're right. It's a giant asterisk on the whole season because almost nothing uh, is the same in a parallel universe. Mm-hmm, right. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, we don't know. We're recording the Friday after the episode. We don't know what the actual incident was. Um, Just like what happened and how this all went down completely. So, I mean, and who knows if we'll ever get answers. So it's hard to fully judge, but it just feels like one of the worst things that could have happened to this game, to the season filled with otherwise great, interesting characters and great interesting gameplay absolutely i honestly think they assembled maybe one of the best survivor casts of all time like top five probably i genuinely and i honestly think that the editors have done a bang up amazing job this season this episode even after like the like horrible unsettling merge episode they were able to craft some pretty decent episodes they weren't fantastic but the cast was so good that they were able to kind of bring stuff out of it even in this episode i thought dean's visit to island of the idols was fantastic television. Like, I thought they really nailed it. Hmm. Why it matters, all this kind of significance behind it. But, like, it's just sad that no one's going to remember all that stuff. No, Like, no one's going to remember the fun, interesting st- storylines, the great editing. We're all just going to remember this one guy was left in the game way too long when they had way too much discretion to know that he should have been removed. Right. And I do want to say, I think, yes, the editors have done great work with the other characters. If they, knowing this is what dan's story comes to i'm a little shocked at how they've treated him as a character same like i don't know it doesn't feel i think i saw a tweet that was like oh so this is the edit this guy who like assaulted and like harassed these women gets but then look at the edit this girl got because she didn't have enough clothes and she was cold and quit and that being purple kelly and it's just like Mm -hmm. what are you like yeah it's almost like i wish Maybe it's a little too avant-garde for Survivor, but like, I almost wish they would have at the very beginning been like, uh, this person, Dan, will get removed at Final Six. So yeah, he's a person here, but we're not going to give him any any attention. So I think honestly, even if he was more negative, he was negative, but not as much as he like we've been saying all this entire time. He wasn't even he didn't even skew that negative to me it it wasn't like constant negativity the whole time it was negativity here and there and overall like a weird sense of justification behind him that's the part that i don't understand like why all that for no reason right we're talking up until this episode that hey yeah dan did awful things but this kind of feels like what happens if the awful awful person wins yeah or at least losing finalist yeah that doesn't happen but why did you ever make it look like that if uh. that's i guess the one weird thing to me um maybe there's like litigious reasons or something that they had to kind of edit it as is i don't know but either right. way i do think that it is just a travesty that this awesome cast gets dragged down from one terrible person that mm-hmm. said i do want to say like i actually like 
I don't know. I think there was a lot of fun stuff in this episode to uncover. I am nervous a little bit about to um, the finale because I think they've telegraphed how all the boots are going to go in this episode a little too cutely for me anyway. It's so it's so cute that I can't believe it's real. It's really going to happen. Like yeah. maybe it's just me wishful thinking and being blissfully in denial, but I'm like, there's no way it plays out as nicely as neatly. And I think it's not just wishful thinking. I think there's a lot of groundwork that says, oh, here's how it could get stirred up. Maybe like this is a good roadmap, but think about what you've seen so far. That's true. And I mean, there is some weirdness, right? In this episode, we get the introduction of the idol nullifier, everybody's favorite advantage. I can't oh, wait for this to ruin the season. Just like we always said it would from the minute it got revealed. But one awful, awful thing goes out and you put one awful thing in. Yeah, it's, it seriously is just like the it's the worst advantage in the entire world because it can only screw yeah. over underdogs. <laughs> I was thinking about it and I wonder if it was a response to, I don't know if it, I think it happened with Ben mm-hmm. and maybe Dominic, but like playing the idol before the votes are read maybe past like obviously it's played before the red but like they were doing that thing where it's like i'm gonna play this for myself and then they go vote i mean that's a surefire way to be like nope you're not gonna be able to play that but it's yeah. a bad solution just it's, don't, it's a terrible solution don't acknowledge them until afterward it's just because mm-hmm. uh, yeah we're gonna see more than likely dean idol nullifier janet our favorite underdog out of the game at the final five. Mm-hmm. And it was bad enough when we saw this happen to Dan Rangering, mm-hmm. who, like, we weren't, like, the highest on. Like, he was a fun character, but he wasn't, like, a favorite. And we are still like, yeah, this is terrible. He had no idea this was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least, <laughs> I guess, Janet theoretically knows. But imagine getting to the final five with an idol and not being allowed to play it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you get voted out for it. Like, that's like theoretically the best usage you could have with an idol is bring it to the final five, like the last time you can use it. Yeah, like, <laughs> just kidding. It's like what the should have telegraphed is like, look, Janet is surefire at fire making. And like, instead, we're like, but maybe not. And so that's where I'm like, hopefully thinking like it's so obvious that like these two things are going to collide that it almost seems like. Yeah, like she wins immunity or something. The surprise is that it doesn't matter. They just vote out Dean because he's kind of a threat somehow. Or yeah, it's just not an issue. Yeah, because there was definitely some weirdness, right? Where it introduces Janet is going to be screwed over, basically. And then also introduces Lauren being really concerned she's going to get taken out at fire making. Yeah, Lauren is just concerned about every guy and then is like, but what if we vote out Nora? And it's like, Lauren, ugh. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, I have a topic that I'm like, what is happening in this endgame strategy-wise? Everyone is like, oh, look at all these other threats. Gotta get them out. And I guess Elaine is a threat in that case, but their alternative is Nora. Like, <laughs> like put... Like, you have enough votes, you're gonna make it unanimous. Put a vote on... Someone who's an actual threat. Unless maybe they think Nora's a threat. I don't know if they're like hiding things and telling us different stories. It's just. No, I 100% agree. I, at this point, feel like there's a lot they haven't told us. It kind of annoys me. Yeah. Of like people's receptions and stuff. I'm especially starting to feel like Tommy on the island isn't respected very much. That's my thing anyway. The way people talk about threats, they never mention Tommy. 
Or if they do, they're talking about specifically about challenges, and I don't think he's actually won an immunity challenge yet. No. So that's something. And it really feels like they talk really highly about Lauren. They talk really highly about Elaine. They even seem to be kind of talking a little bit high about Dan. And, and everyone just seems to want to go to the end with Tommy. Mm-hmm. Is that because he's brilliant or because he's the he's kind of a goat? I'm not really sure. It's just... <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for this finale now. I mean... Because it's free, well, theoretically free of some really bad drama. I'm sure we'll get uh, resolutions in there. But just piecing together how this is going to play out. And I hope it's not as obvious as they've made it. And I'm excited to see in what ways it's not. And who is really, who's right? Like, we've we've been saying, the internet's been saying for episodes, like, Tommy is such an obvious winner. It's like, imagine if we were wrong, though. I mean, that's the thing to think about. The thing is, this is the first episode where I've actually kind of considered that possibility. Like, I think one thing that Survivor maybe learned from Island or Edge of Extinction, as terrible as that season was, I really think it's, it's like, in hindsight, is so terrible. Nothing mattered at all. <laughs> one thing they did learn, having a really unpredictable final episode gets people talking about it, at least gets interest, gets hype. Maybe that's the right way to do it is uh, edit your show like normal. And then just, I don't know, Nora's the biggest threat to win or something in the finale. Like, unpredictability maybe is a benefit in some capacity in the finals. But this is the first time where I was like, I could see them pull the rug under us and be like, oh, by the way, Tommy was terrible all season and everyone hated him, by the way. It's almost like I... Like, Tommy is my number one, like, spoilers, but it's also, like, it feels like him losing is more likely than anything else. Like, does that... (laughs) It's like, I can see the past for the others more clearly. And I think it's because it's been so evenly edited. Like, I think anyone winning wouldn't necessarily be unjustified. Mm -hmm. You do usually see, as a general trend... When seasons are more evenly edited, it usually means they're not very high on their winner, is seemingly a general trend that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's probably something to look into. Oh, man. I don't know how high of a possibility it really is. Like, I would give Tommy so much more chance than the rest, but you can kind of see where things could go wrong because, like, we've been told, like, Lauren, for example, seemingly should beat Tommy. And. Uh, same with Janet. And there's only one tribal. I guess there's the fire making. So, well, yeah. There's two people leaving. It seems like two people for sure can beat Tommy. One of them is sort of creeping up there as like, maybe a threat. I don't know what to make of it. We'll get to him later. Um, And it's just like, yeah, how is this all going to, like, where's the truth? They say like this penultimate episode is always about sort of misdirection and they're trying to get you considering alternatives but what's what's the real truth of everything yeah no that's absolutely the thing right is this episode is meant to make you doubt but if anything this was a very heavy pro tommy episode i thought anyway yes like it's not like i remember game changers where a bunch of people jumped off the sarah lacina train because she got like these really negative horrible confessionals about how terrible she was and that was obvious doubt because it's all of a sudden she's negative. Mm-hmm. But this one was, look how great Tommy is again. He's in control. Like, he's deciding mm-hmm. who gets to go to the end, and I have to find my way in there, so. Which was much more like Brad Culpepper's uh, episode there, for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I mean, I don't think it's... In, we'll talk about Tommy later, but... Yeah, but I think I'm... 
very excited to delve into each of these five people mm. and how the season has like treated them. What it's such an interesting final five because it feels like even if they don't have conventional winner edits, they feel like they should win for some reason, and this is why, and this is why not. And yeah. so another thing I kind of want to bring up before we move on is I think we can officially mark the I guess what in best terms I can think of like the Christian edit um as maybe a real thing at this point Mm. we have now elaine and christian kind of both leaving right before the finale in these like grand like this episode was a swan like more than a swan song like a goose song or something of how great (laughs) elaine was as a player as a person from like minute one to the end like if you just take if anybody but Elaine left, you would just assume she's the winner. Level of positivity. Right. I think it's just kind of fascinating that, like, we see this with Christian, we see this with Elaine. I do think it's a little different with Elaine because we've been saying she's been, like, zero or five. Mm-hmm. And this was, like, a five for sure. Right. But I did think it was kind of, like, I thought that they got a lot of good emotional strength from the whole Elaine situation. Like, I went from somebody, like, last week I said I wasn't a huge Elaine fan. This week completely turned me back on, like back onto being a fan of Elaine, because just like for, like I love that she wasn't she wouldn't just back down. She was trying so hard at Tribal. It seemed like they were just like Elaine, we're voting you out. Sorry, like yeah, uh, yeah. But I like when people don't want to die. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's what you want. And mm-hmm. yeah, she didn't give up, even if she I think went for a stupid choice. But yeah, she didn't give up. What do you make of the Island of the Idols task this week? <laughs> I actually loved it. It was amazing. I love a good coin flip. It really makes me think of how great, um, what was that season? Heroes versus Hustlers versus Healers. With that great uh, family reward challenge. Just, I love randomness. It really it really proves that you can manage a jury more than anything. Right, yeah. It, aren't jury votes just random anyway? And how can you ever think of how to vote? I mean, it makes sense for Boston Rob, right? He's like, you know what? <laughs> I won one, I lost the other one. It's a coin flip. Get over no, it. Just this whole, like, basically <laughs> anyone has a 1 in 14 chance of winning a, uh advantage this episode. It's You have a 1 in 7 chance of being picked for Island of the Idols and a 1 in 2 chance of winning it. Yeah. <laughs> Those, that's not tests. Like, I hope I never find myself in some sort of educational class system where the test is roll a die hopefully (laughs) (laughs) true it's like your game literally depends on whether it flips the right chance or not like 50 50 isn't that great yeah yeah i thought i had some uh, like fledgling of hope that after the coin was flipped there would be some twist to this test like i i couldn't think of what it could actually be but like boston rob was gonna say okay now here's the real test and so and so but i also expected that because it's almost like that's how they initially pitched it in the first episode is it would be very difficult tasks with strings attached like poor elizabeth has to make fire against boston rob (laughs) and this guy Dean just walks in, randomly picked, and what, just, uh, yeah, sure, I'll do it, why not, and gets exactly what he needs. Yeah, I think, just, I know Survivor has a lot of lessons to take away from this season that are way more important, but just stray away from randomness. Mm -hmm. Like, don't put it here, for sure. Don't put it anywhere in your challenges. 
even swaps. Like I would prefer swaps weren't random. Same. Like, think of all the people it's messed up. It's neat. It's fate. That's fun. But like, there's no strategy to it. Like find ways to avoid it, please. Yeah. Like obviously some luck, some chance is inherent in Survivor, but it's not captivating television. I feel like I love Millennials vs. Gen X. I think that's an amazing season. I think the rock draw was such a perfect episode because of the stakes behind the decision making. Mm-hmm. Five people on both sides deciding that their desire to work with Zeke or David or whatever is worth the chance of them dying. That's actual stakes. That's narrative uh, behind the numbers. It's not just they right. de- all, all decided we're not going to vote somebody out. Instead, we'll draw a rock. Yeah. That's boring randomness. Then there's exciting randomness, which is I care so much about this vote going through. I'm willing to take chance. That's so much different. And I wish they would learn that. But mm-hmm. that said, I do think that no coin flip in the history of the world has ever been promoted to be as epic as this one was. I actually think <laughs> I actually think they did an okay job here where I think Boston Rob w- earned his million dollars or whatever they gave him to come out with the confessional where he's talking about Dean about how at some point, whether it's early or late in the game of survivor, every great player, they got to put, they got to at some point take a chance. I thought that Boston Rob really killed it here with that amazing confessional completely brought me back into the moment that I do think was goofy, but worked on the show because of how magnetic Boston Rob was in that moment. It was like a really, like, when it really a, a marvelous actor gets a really bad script and they're still able to do something good with it. It's basically what we saw there. Um, Boston Rob really believed what he was saying. And I think he did a really good job selling it. And I also think Dean did a pretty good job. Um, Dean is literally gone from somebody that at the start, I was like, this guy's a total moron to, I think this guy's got a bad edit. I think Dean is a very fantastic survivor player. Yeah. I think I saw your tweet about like, Oh, another moment that shows Dean isn't the moron we've been shown to be. And at first I was like, no, I hate Dean. And then I was like, yeah, it's probably true. Like Dean, I think is better than this edit gave him credit for. I mean, he's the last Lyra remaining. Who mm-hmm. was expect? who, who would have seen that coming? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, like if anybody in the entire world picked Dean after episode two to be the last Lyro standing, like, I owe you 10 bucks, you know? Um, it's like, remember days of yore when Dean was going pre merge and, uh, mm-hmm. and now he's here in the final five and like, with threat? Question mark. Right? <laughs> um, and that's the thing, like, I don't know, Dean, to me, at this point, does read, like, maybe they didn't just think it was really funny to introduce him in episode three. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a possibility, but I I think this guy's awesome. I hope he comes back. He's another on this list of people that I hope come back, which is almost the entire cast, unfortunately. Yeah, talking about how good the cast is, I was thinking about, like, when you, like, rank all the survivors, like, I was thinking, like, oh, Dean, like, he's kind of one of the lower ones for me. But I was like, but you'd also have Dean really high. Like, and that just shows how, like, strong the cast is. Like, yeah, these are all interesting characters for some reason. And they're captivating. And, ah, so and good. The, that's the thing is, maybe, like, okay, sure, Dean is probably much better of a survivor player than the edits giving him credit. But maybe that was the right way to go with it because he is kind of, he's not even kind of goofy. He's very goofy. Oh yeah. And they've managed to take somebody who's maybe just a kind of a game bot. Probably. It seems like that's how they describe him on the Island is he's sitting Mm -hmm. there with his crunching numbers with his hands through his hair. Yeah. 
they've managed to take somebody like that and actually make him into a full-fledged character where now his character isn't he's a game bot it's he's a cartoonish um example of failing upwards where at every decision he kind of does something goofy and wrong but he succeeds anyway he succeeds in spite of his incompetence is basically the story they're saying Mm -hmm. and that's kind of interesting to watch and it's really a character we haven't really seen before and like that's a testament to the editors sure dean's great but they've channeled his unique charisma and they're really bringing it on camera they're doing that with a lot of people and that's mm-hmm. why I think this this season, to me, like a lot of people have been ranking this season dead last. Right. This is top half of Survivor for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I get why you want to put it last because it's like indelibly marred by what's happened. But I can't ignore just the bevy of characters it's given us. And uh, it's just I would hate to like see this season lost because of things that happened and maybe a really boring winner. Yep. It's just. You're forgetting almost like I look through the my edgic chart and look at all the boots and it's like uh, all these characters had like the perfect amount of time it feels to how they corresponded to the game. Yeah. And it's just like straight up. I think this is up there with David vs. Goliath is the best season we've covered. Um, It's mm-hmm. one of two that I've actually very much enjoyed. And I think for me, it does feel like kind of a monkey's paw thing where this whole time I've been wanting more complex storytelling like more camp life moments more um like developed characters and it's with the asterisk of one of those characters as a total monster of a human but i don't think that completely ruins everything else it gives some mixed feelings it really hurts enjoyments of some moments it's hard to feel total catharsis but i'm okay with survivor being a little darker i don't want to be like that obviously but i'm okay with the story they've told i think they've done a really really good job and i don't want that to go to waste just because you're right a boring winner and one terrible horrible person who did some bad things on the show Mm -hmm. that said um i also liked the challenge this week i like no 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 this challenge is awful (laughs) you don't like the spinning no like i think it's kind of a cool concept but Literally everyone got to the like final puzzle part in the span of like 20 seconds. Like, yeah, that's true. And this is a problem actually with all these word puzzle ones is basically whatever preceded it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Because solving and, word puzzles really hard. Oh, yeah. And like, I don't even know, like, how are they seeing it from the back so that it made sense from the front? Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was just why have this physical part if it doesn't matter? Like I almost saw... think they just ha- think they have to have a physical part. Like, because mm-hmm. this, you're right. Like, the spinning, it was cool to see. And, but it was so fast. And it, to me, it almost felt intentional where they're like, well, we have to have a physical part. So, I don't know, just have them spin around a circle bunch. And then, sure. Right. Yeah. Rather than. You saw because... like um, seven people of like differing physical capabilities, even like take it. Do different strategies like janet went really slow so she didn't get dizzy and then some people were just going as fast as they could and they all just got there at the same time and i'm like Mm -hmm. what was the point like give me the like spider like where you go out on the different legs and like get pieces and come back to the middle like that's Mm -hmm. a good the big problem is like for something like that to matter the physical part would have to be like an hour long right like because from all accounts, it seems like these word puzzles generally take, like, hours. Mm-hmm. So, that is definitely a problem. I enjoyed seeing them spin around in a circle. Maybe I'm part of the problem, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I can just have Nora do it for free in camp, so... 
That's true. That is true. <laughs> um, anything else before we move on? Um, no, I don't think so. We're sort of so far out in the weeds. We spent so long just on general thoughts. True, 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 true. <laughs> cool. We'll move here to our stories, um, where I think we actually got a lot of long-term stories either come to an end or manifest themselves into how they're going to be portrayed in the finale. Mm-hmm. So the one that I noticed the most most present in this episode anyway was the idea of Little Leaps of Faith. That Boston Rob speech I mentioned earlier um, basically touches on this exactly, where he's like, at some point, every great Survivor player will have to take a chance, um, take a calculated risk, not hesitate, and put their game in the hand of chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely noticed this one, especially as it corresponded with all the previous things we've seen. And then I was sort of like, well, who has done this? Because if every great Survivor player does it, surely the winner will have done it. And I think I can see, obviously, Dean. Um, I would say Janet, in one or two ways, has done it. Uh, Nora, I think you could make an argument for. Um, Lauren is, eh. But, like, Tommy really stood out as, like, where is his chance so far? Yep. And Rob says, like, be at the beginning or the end. But the end's pretty close here, so I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, but that's Tommy a- wins, I'm sure it will be presented. Absolutely. That's it. Next Wednesday, I'm going to be on the watch for anything presented as, like, Tommy taking a chance. Because I feel like that's going to be the check mark that he just needs. Like, to me, I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, think that we are going to see... Tommy challenge Lauren and fire making do the Chris under one. Hmm. But that's kind of how I'm seeing it is like, there is a good spot for a big chance in the late game as Boston Rob said to kind of pop up. But it definitely is interesting that you're right. Basically Dean had this thing here. Janet had standing up for the women. We had Nora uh, try to make a flip on Tommy. All had these big chance moments and Tommy has played very reactively. It's something that yeah. hasn't been uh edited the most positively this season mm-hmm, definitely i mean his like confessional here he talks about oh the deck's been shuffled on me and now i have to figure it out that's like i don't know it's very he reacts to what he's seeing as opposed to doing anything of his own mm-hmm. yeah he, uh, yeah 100 percent. so i think this was a big one here even elaine right like her pitch at tribal is basically yeah what, you just want to get picked off like you're fifth or fourth or something like sure you might be, i might beat you in the end but there's still three tribals take a chance on me let me be your person mm-hmm. and she's the one i believe when she goes to island of the idols uh robin sandra love her enthusiasm for it they're mm-hmm. just like yes i'm so glad you're taking this chance and 100 yeah i mean elaine really was kind of tied up with this theme in a big way um mm-hmm. and I, her departure being so analogous to the theme is probably not a coincidence but yeah i think overall this is clearly one that they're saying i'm guessing it means that tommy does something really big in the finale but maybe it's also like you could also see a world where that's his loss like at final tribal they're like well okay you're a guy who didn't do anything and won why should we vote for you yeah like Guy faces no adversity. So you're saying he gets that critique, provides a good answer, and wins from it? Or that's why he loses? I mean, like, I could see that being a world where he loses. Okay, yeah. The criticism being, okay, well, you're against Dean and Nora, who both showed that they were willing to really give anything to win. Did you really care that much, Tommy? Something like that? Yeah, yeah, Um, I see that. As a possibility, I don't think it's super likely, but... Tommy loss reads like that to me. I don't think he'll get voted out. I think Tommy is in the finals. It's just, yeah. Could it be a, so what thing? Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Um, anything else on this thing? I don't think so. Cool. We'll move here to likability being a liability uh, and the dangers of playing with goats as a sort of double-handed theme in this season. So in your face in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Nora's the alternate boot amidst all these threats, it's just like, how, like, are you sure you want to keep this around? Like, yeah, it's an easy win, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. Like, will it cost you the game? And I think it's interesting that it's persisting. Yeah, persisting as though, even though Nora's the only one left that really sort of seems like this goat. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. There's something strange there where, I mean, this episode literally presented it as goat versus the most likable person to ever exist and an inspiration to us all, right? Like, it was that polar opposite. Nora is a total irredeemable goat and Elaine is the best. It's basically well, how this was presented. It's interesting that you've put it that way because I believe you said the way this was going to come to a head is that it would be uh, Elaine versus like Dan. Yeah. Choosing to keep Dan. And it wasn't Dan. It was Nora. But Which is sad, but I yeah. Mean, Nora's still here. And but okay, know. in a way, I like I think I the whole time I was kind of thinking at some point we're gonna get the question. Do we bring the goat or do we bring Elaine? We got that. But separately to that, I do think that there's a reason Elaine was like over the top positive 9,000 in this episode. And it was to contrast Dan, I think. I really do think that they, instead of burying Dan in this episode, they built up Elaine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a very, honestly, probably smart editing decision to not bog down the episode. Because what they do is they just show Elaine as a total beacon of joy. And then they see Dan's been removed. So when you leave the episode, you're like, oh, I wish Elaine could have stayed. Then she would have been so close. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of feeling you get instead of, oh, Dan's the worst. I don't know if I want to watch this show anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, know, it is very interesting that this theme sort of it's been wrapped around people like Nora and Elaine. And this really feels like the climax. So like, why is it so important? Like, why is this battle between Elaine and Nora in which Nora technically wins. Why is that? Like, what does that mean for the finale? I mean, I'm excited for mm-hmm. what I can dream up from what it means, but I, it's hard to imagine that it means what I think it does. So, Absolutely. And I mean, one way to look at this theme is that being a quote-unquote goat, like there has been a, I guess, a motif of the theme of goats aren't as they seem. Mm-hmm. Karishma says, I'm not a goat because I'm unpredictable. Nora has been continuously presented as unpredictable. <laughs> right. They're both there go by season logic. Theoretically, she's not a goat. Even in this episode, we get Tommy referring to Dean as I thought he was a goat, but I was wrong. Yeah. There's been this weird unmasking kind of of goats in this season, all throughout, including in this episode, when Elaine is talking about how great Nora is. She's complicated, but She's got a good heart and she tries her best. Maybe that's good enough. It's been very strange because Goat's been almost um, taken back as almost a, not quite a positive thing, but a, maybe even a positive thing. Like I think we were supposed to root on the Goat army. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost, and I guess all my thoughts are veiled in wishful thinking, but this could be like our finale. So is that, oh, the people you thought were good players? Like, no, this is why they're bad. The people you thought were the goats, the bad players? No, this is why they're great. And maybe that's the sort of reversal that we're going <laughs> to see there. And I think that's a really interesting... Well, it's exciting, obviously, but it's really interesting for Survivor to do that, to say, hey, look, like, perception is 
hard and you got to figure out who these people actually are and how well they did play the game even if it's chaotic or like a goat absolutely and how much of this theme has been focused on why you should not play the game with nora specifically because she will sink you because playing with her is just a doom sentence kind of thing Mm -hmm. i could easily see a world where someone like karishma really grandstands for a nora to win Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that nora's gonna win though I think that Nora will probably be more positively received in the end than we're expecting, but maybe not um, actually cross the threshold of the seven votes or whatever you need to get majority. I think, yeah, it could sort of be like an Angelina situation where we got those undercurrents of the um, female empowerment storyline in David versus Goliath, which sort of just led to angelina being boosted at the end but yeah she didn't get any votes yeah because one thing i think we've learned in the last couple seasons survivor does not want a finale where it's like our final tribal of oh well obviously nick wins they mm-hmm. wanted oh is it gonna be nick angelina or ooh, or mike mike's kind of surging here that was a good answer they want the battleground at the end i think dom and wendell really made them be like oh that's awesome we want the very end to be a battleground kind of thing yeah and the david versus goliath one was edited that way even honestly the edge of extinction one for somebody who got like eight jury votes chris got hammered at the end mm-hmm yeah, because there's the whole idea of is someone who only played on the island for 13 days worthwhile? Mm-hmm. Or like Julie, like, yeah, she was chaotic at times, but she also made it to the end. And Gavin, of course, like a quiet game, never voted and like I don't think voted wrong often, but does he deserve it? Yeah. Yeah, they do make this sort of equal battle. I think we see it a lot, obviously, because you do want this compelling finale, but not all the time where there are these really obvious ends. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we even said like in Edge of Extinction, Julie's whole story of like being a passenger instead of a pilot, maybe being a good thing Mm -hmm. that popped up at Final Tribal and people did proper up. She got zero jury votes, but it was still edited as a positive moment in Final Tribal. Final Trouble usually doesn't turn out like this person's the worst ever and no one would ever vote for them. Except Troy Zan. Troy Zan's the only one. Even then he gets the Richard Tatch comment, right? They really are trying, I think, to make this a fight at the end. Yeah. And stuff like this could be misnomers propping that up. Mm-hmm. Or so I, even if you don't get any votes, why you deserve to be there. What you did right. Yes. Yeah, I feel like this is a really likely way for Nora's story to end. Mm-hmm. It's like a strong second place, something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. third place. Yeah, I think she's one of those people getting zero votes, but the story's good, so. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> probably right. Um, yeah, Elaine will vote for her. <laughs> Elaine seemed very high on uh, Nora this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah, the whole idea of like ability being a liability is interesting, because I do think there is maybe an argument, like, Tommy will get to the end and kind of argue, well, I'm the one likable, like, all the threats got voted out except me. Mm-hmm. That would make sense as the counter to his yeah but yeah i I feel like this is uh final tribal council bait 100 this is gonna be all over the place definitely cool um next up we'll go with the idea of teaching seeking a mentor all that kind of stuff what did you make of it in this episode joe uh i believe didn't tommy mention he was a teacher Mm -hmm. once yeah because he talked about how he doesn't get to lie in real life so it's a very tangential one it is interesting now, considering the final five, that Tommy is the only one who hasn't gone to the Island of the Idols and hasn't learned a lesson, if that's what you want to call that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But we do have the next time on Survivor, which shows them all going there. And I presume they all get a lesson. And maybe that's where Tommy has his big teaching moment. Yeah. 
Like That's- I've really taken Boston Rob's lesson to heart and <laughs> yeah, no. And I think there is something interesting here. Um, I guess this is related to more to the likability liability theme, but there has been an idea of the merit of separating the game from your like of people. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I think in this episode, it tied it really closely to this teacher theme where Tommy is like, I can't lie in my real life, but I am really dang good at it. And I love doing it mm-hmm. there. Like that is maybe the perfect synopsis of game over reality. He reaffirms you that, Hey, he's a great guy, but in this game, he's going to lie like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just thinking about how that line, like I've seen other people say it, but like actually that line kind of like looks like, Eh, but are you really that great because <laughs> like if you're a good liar like what else are you lying about but whatever in this scenario the way it was presented it absolutely looks really great for tommy this could also even be his quote-unquote doubt like people being like oh has he lied to too many people in the end sure but i don't know it's a possibility obviously we also got dean kind of being Oh he yeah, goes to the Island of Idols, and he's like, you know what? I learned a lot from Boston Rob. Um, it's like having Michael Jordan, like meeting Michael Jordan, um, and having them up there. He's my idol, and I want to play like Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was. I think if you look at the final five and their Island of the Idol visits, I think it's interesting to see how each was presented. Like Nora's obviously looks terrible. Where it, did she learn anything actually? And mm-hmm. then. Lauren's is kind of average, um, but then Janet's and Dean's, I think, come out looking really good. Yeah. Janet's if, looks really considered, like, oh, yeah, she didn't play, but that's probably a good thing. Like, she actually took the time to be like, no, this probably isn't good. For um, sure. And Dean's, obviously. I think Dean has this thing where he's had sort of a, I guess, Robin Sander have been watching him from almost the beginning, and to finally get it pay off, to pay off here is interesting. So Yeah. Dean got the kind of treatment where if he hadn't had so many terrible episodes prior, he looked like a rock star in this. Like He gets a glowing endorsement from Boston Robin Sandra. Mm -hmm. At Tribal, he gets, I mean, I guess he gets a little bit made fun of, but kind of. like They did refer to it as like a flex, which is a positive thing, but probably could have been a little bit more positive for that. But overall, Dean came out looking like a star survivor player of this episode. Mm-hmm. which to me just i think he's a losing finalist i think mm-hmm. is probably where he ends up and probably get some votes i don't know it did look really good though it's just uh like i said tommy's a front runner but it also feels like there's so many other good options that it also really feels like he went loses so we'll see yeah cool um so okay we'll go here to the idea of having an idol causing paranoia um and sort of the strange underbelly of the neg- negative idols in this season. This has been maybe the least successful idol season of all time. Mm-hmm. It, it's been very huge in this season, obviously. Um, I think our ultimate payoff is next episode when Janet gets Idol Mall fired out. I just, I, mm, that feels too good to be true. Too bad to be true. Well, yes, it is bad, but... It feels so laid out, so neat, and just waiting for it. I I don't know. I trust Survivor more than this. Uh, it makes me <laughs> nervous. It makes me real nervous. But, it makes yeah. so much sense, too. Like, it explains all the positivity, all that good stuff. Um, but, I don't know, you could almost just as easily say, yeah, Dean has that idol nullifier, but what if that doesn't help him? What if that's something true. goes wrong? There? Just, that is very true. Um, it. I guess, okay, so tangential to this theme, 
What do you make of Robin Sandra like being like Dean is a genius for his fake idol thing? It was really mixed because they started being like, oh my gosh, he has this fake advantage. And then he did that and they were like, yeah, that's really like, that's a good idea if it were real. It just, I think it was sort of perfect circumstances for them where Mm -hmm. they got to see the effects of their previous Island of the Idols visit play out and have ramifications this far down the road. Mm -hmm. I think it was just perfect circumstances. I don't know. I don't know if I can take anything concrete away from it. True. Other than they're really trying to play up Dean as a threat in this endgame. Big time. Big time. The other thing, though, I think is interesting is to maybe, like, wrap up the and like negative idol theme of this season. Dean turns down an idol. Like, and he vocalizes it pretty well, where he's like, okay... I could be safe next tribal, but if Janet's still in the game, I can't win. So I'm willing to take a chance, be vulnerable with something to take her out. If it means that I'm like, like, I don't need just the safety. I need more than that. And that's definitely, I think, a theme here in this season is that just because you have safety doesn't mean you're safe. And that's not necessarily the best thing. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I feel like I'm so bent on this not happening that I know I can't be very neutral about it. I'm ready to see how it plays out, but I don't know if we're doing our idol tracker of like how positive an idol is received. Like, I mean, we call Krishma's being played correctly. Janet, Mm -hmm. our underdog star, like queen, got maybe the like most downplayed idol find of all time. She finds it, doesn't mention it, and then is immediately found out. Which one? This one? Yeah. No, like this one, she finds it. She's, I mean, they could have said it was the second one she's found, which is super impressive for her. But then they were like, hey, maybe I could win this thing. I mean, I could do it. And it was super positive Mm. and looked really good. I I thought it it felt like generic idol stuff to me, but hopefully I'm wrong. Generic in that they're all positive, but I don't know. It felt good for Janet. It's, I don't know. It's. We've been talking about how the idol finds sort of have like undescribable aura to them. And it seems on this one, we I feel like this one feels good to me. See, okay, I feel like it felt good. And then it was immediately like rug pulled. Like it was bittersweet because it wasn't normally it's presented like maybe I could actually win this thing. Janice was like a question. It was like, could you imagine if I actually was able to win this thing? I was like, oh, ooh. Obviously, that's what she said. They can't change that. But I do think it was, I don't know. To me, it seemed unsure. But hopefully I'm wrong. I think, I know. I think we'll get to it more when we get to how Janet wins this. But Mm -hmm. it's sort of where you're seeing what is the, I guess, truth. Is it that what's going to happen is Janet will win if she makes it to the end? Is like the storyline we're expecting? Or is it Dean will absolutely idol nullify Janet out of the game? Mm -hmm. And I guess... Kelly Kim, two truths can be in existence at the same time, but yeah. But what if only one? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, cool. Um, so next up, we'll go to the personal space theme, which I really hope had its conclusion here. Um, the mm. idea of social factors limiting your upward trajectory. Um, I mean, the perpetrator's gone, so hopefully that is good. Right. Yeah, I think this theme really had to be treated had to be brought up, had to be treated very appropriately and pertinently. And I think it's done its job. The production might not have handled it very well, but the editing team, I think they still managed to give us a very gracious treatment. Exactly. Although 
I guess we did talk about how they dropped it after the merge episode. Uh, with this happening, it's sort of, well, why didn't you incorporate a little bit more? But I'm also did propose that they just cut Dan out of the show entirely from the beginning. So I don't know. Yeah. To me, honestly, I do think that they probably tried to edit it as close to as on the beach as possible is my guess mm-hmm. is the methodology they used. And I think they did a good enough job. We never at any point were cheering for Dan. Maybe the right. family visit should have been down a little bit. Uh, you probably got a little bit too much positivity there, but it's so hard when it's like the youngest person to ever be on Survivor. Like, yeah, that's a distinction. It's like, how can you? Anyway, everybody always gets a moment. Like, it yeah. is a weird thing that, like, if he just didn't get anything, it would have been really glaring. And so, like, also, like the his child is a part of that moment, and I mean, he's not culpable for anything his father did, and so exactly for, yeah. the moment should be there for him for sure. That is true, and as we've been saying, I think it's a very real possibility that it's um like I guess it can't be three white guys anymore, but it it, it could be Tommy, like it could be a majority. I guess right now we do have three girls two guys yeah is there a world where janet lauren nora are the final three? Oh, don't tempt me that would be amazing i don't think it's going to happen but i mean this at least guarantees it's some sort of um at least diversity by gender if not yeah because yeah, as we've been saying it's always been a theme about compromise not a theme about mm-hmm. um like just female empowerment it really hasn't it's been this weird apology kind of genre and i do think that at the end of the day, it's probable that he like it's gonna be. I was able to bridge connections across everybody, blah blah blah, kind of stuff. Not sure targeted one way at all. Mm-hmm. And even I mean, the people who even Elaine, right? She was presented like in this episode at Tribal. She says, "This is the only good thing that's ever happened to me." I like I grew up poor. Like all this stuff is horrible for me. That limited her her ability to get to the end. Just like all the other horrible stuff that's happened that limited Jamal, Kelly, etc. Mm-hmm. path to the end. Yeah. So that's something. Um, and yeah, so any other stories you want to touch on before we move on? I don't think so. I Perfect. Think those are, that's, that's what we have going into the finale. Absolutely. Um, so we he- here have the Lumuwaku tribe. Uh, we got five people left, starting with Dean. Uh, Detective Dean, DK chillin soon to be dk villain he's the best he is uh it's been an up and down journey with him but i'm i'm here for it i'm glad he's here in the finale a dean win would be not like i think it's just at a point where any of the other four winning is such a wonderful surprise that yeah but Dean is an especially interesting one because it would buck so much of Edgic, I think. Like, in the first episodes, we saw <sighs> Dean get invisible, and we were like, no, and especially with his archetype, absolutely not. And yet here we are, maybe being like, maybe that was on purpose. Are we being shocked? And mm-hmm. I, I mean, fairly early on, I did posit the theory that they really did think that the best way to introduce this guy who was going to be there the whole season... If you look at it from that viewpoint, like, well, we're going to have 15 episodes to develop him or whatever. I mean, what episode are we on? We're on episode 12. So actually he'll have 10 episodes to develop him. Can we invisible him twice, introduce him in this really funny way, 
and then have nine episodes to actually develop him as a character that people would be okay with winning. If that's their mission, yes, they did it. I don't know if I think that's their mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But I don't know, to me, and I also, seeing the internet be very negative on Dean still makes me think maybe, because I've become very high on Dean. I think he's actually a very good survivor player. He's a fun character, all that good stuff. But, I mean, if you look at the internet, you look at the general reception, people see him as a total moron. Yeah, and I mean, just last episode, we were talking about how this edit was actually Dean ruined the season, and this is his punishment. He is the laurel of this. So it's very much of how you perceive it. And I don't know, Dean is a third on my list, I think, of the five. Yeah, because I think it's just a good good ep- like it was such a good episode for him it if he's winning this makes sense where he's getting the push at the very end and you can see the puzzle pieces fit into place for him it's just i don't know it's so it'd be so weird and truthfully yeah. i don't think it's as much of possibilities i do think it is as good as this episode was for him i do think he's probably still the laurel where i would not be surprised at all if he's in the end with like tommy um lauren maybe just one of them and he gets kind of troy's in like i think that's very possible yeah i'm just like dean what were you thinking you were never a threat why would you bring threats to the end keep the goats that could be a um sort of thesis of this statement of this game is well no you shouldn't just go with the threats because what if you're not one is kind Mm -hmm. of a question that's never been asked before every single time we've seen the meat shield strategy it's been jeremy collins who beats everybody or it's been Somebody who, like, is the best of them, not what happens when the meat shield guy is fourth in respect. Yeah. So, I don't know, I I think that's more than like... If I had time to rewatch the season, which I guess I do, but do I have the motivation? It's sort of looking back and seeing Dean as he was presented earlier, and, like, how goofy it actually was... Because I think we sort of saw these first two episodes where he's not there and be like, oh, this character is going to be something. But what is his actual sort of story? How goofy is he? What's the trajectory? I honestly think it is the story of... I I think I'm maintaining that they do not like him and they find him very goofy. Mm -hmm. And his story is a joke. I do think that is something I'll stick to despite now liking him a lot. Um yeah it's just i at this point i do think the punchline is probably the end it is a like with all the negativity in the season it is this is a minor thing but how sad is it that we do not get to see dean use that fake legacy advantage is a all-time tragedy um right that he has this gold television in his hands and dan ruins it like he ruins so many other things (laughs) it's just so unfortunate but dean with his fake legacy advantage is hilarious and i hope somehow he's able to incorporate it into maybe yeah maybe he asks for clarification like can i use this at five since this event happened or he changes the rules on it i hope so i hope it comes back me too (laughs) absolutely me too um but yeah more than likely he's our second or third place uh I don't know, because it sort of spoils my, like, boot order prediction. Interesting. I, because I don't think Janet is getting idol nullified, I think Dean goes out in fifth. Dean leaves fifth, J- so Janet, mm, hmm, very think, different. Okay, cool. I think the vote is between Dean and Janet, and Tommy's the swing, and so the vote goes down, Janet plays her idol, it's nullified, but Dean still gets three votes and goes home. Interesting. Okay. I'm very curious who you think's winning in against who, but I guess we will get to that. Mm-hmm. 
I guess I can't spoil. Like, I don't know. You can if you want. Um, <laughs> I, okay, so yeah, to me, Dean leaving at five is a possibility. The problem with that is I don't see Lauren or Janet as losing finalists, and I don't see them as winners, which means it kind of by default has to be Tommy, Dean, Nora, hmm. unless... Like the, I think the real tragedy would be a Janet Final Tribal Council loss would actually... I was very high in the season 10 minutes ago or whatever. If Janet <laughs> loses in the end, I will be very sad. Well, I mean, but we've had seasons in the past where we thought, oh, this is the only way this makes sense. And then it's like randomly like all these people getting like all these threats we thought getting in there. So that's true. I, I know this finale has the ability to surprise me and i think having janet or lauren as a losing finalist is not outside the realm of possibility mm, okay <laughs> interesting um okay anything else on dean before we move officially to janet i don't think so cool um yeah i think his idol nullifier will probably work and overall it's fun seeing this inspector gadget-esque character make it this far here for it mm-hmm. so now we have janet um and before we talk about janet i think one of our viewers, Emily Panmonium, had a wonderful thought on here on Janet that I really wanted to bring up. So mm-hmm. basically, it's the idea of last week, we really were like, why did all these characters except Janet get uh, like Tommy and Dean, for example, were not brought up at all at the merge episode that was super negative, super uncomfortable, and really hit you like even Lauren kind of wasn't really in even Nora, they were kind of the characters that were most irrelevant to the story. Uh, I don't agree with Nora. Well, uh, I guess Elaine was less so than Nora, but even that's like, yeah. a, you know, she's still in this episode too, right? Yeah. Basically. Like, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Nora is, Nora was relevant. She had like a little line where she mentioned Dan, but mm-hmm. overall was not in the limelight. Um, the idea that the general survivor trend is the idea that the winner, the people who make the end, are the most important, best people um, who are basically the, sh- the structure of the show is so integral to the storytelling of the show that it leads us to always being edited that the winners and the people who make the end are the best for the reasons that the season justified throughout. Um, the totally made up rules that allowed it granted them the ability to win. Um, and Emily pu- makes a theory that instead this one is the idea that making us think that the rules themselves screwed up, that a great season fizzled, that something needs to change. The idea that we could have had all these amazing players. Kelly could have won this game if it wasn't for the unfairness in the world. If it wasn't for the unfairness in society and the cruelty between people, we could have been given a really strong winner. And instead we're left with these characters that are complete non-entities, are cartoon characters that aren't exciting aren't complex fascinating characters they're vessels and i think that's very fascinating and janet being the one who makes it there um is unfortunate because i think that's actually a fantastic point that we've been given kind of well this is what happens when you don't help people you end up with these five people making the end and janet has no chance Hmm. to me janet is the role of our underdog our rocky balboa who, spoiler for Rocky, does not win the fight in the end of the movie. Which which one? I have not seen Rocky, Rocky one. movie. Oh, wow. Well, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I would argue in a season that is so marred by controversy and problems, once you want a character like this to win, and like, why not go for a simple underdog story? It's what's going to... 
put any sort of light into this situation. If that's the case, why are they putting an idle nullifier in? Like, because you can't ruin the integrity of the game. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, like maybe push Dean to pick one of the other advantages, right? Like, well, maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter. But yeah, but, I guess that's something. But yeah, I think that is a fair point i think it is also very likely that we get to the finale janet goes home first and it is the season of what could have been yeah things happened and look at all the people it took down with it and Mm -hmm. yeah and in many ways the 30s have been mired by just like like straight male domination right like that is Uh kind of the story of the 30s of survivor unfortunately um and I wouldn't be surprised if to cap off that like decade of seasons, um, they kind of choose to be like, look, this is why this happens. Cause unfortunately the world's not fair and the people, people like Janet can't win this game. People like Elaine can't win this game. <laughs> Instead of Tommy, sorry. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of what I see is I think what we're going to get, we're going to get Janet. I think we're going to get like over the top positive five Janet, just like insane in your face for the finale. Just like, how great would it be if she won? Janet stood up for the people who needed help. She's the voice of the voiceless. The greatest, like, just, like, super positivity. And mm-hmm. it's going to be mired with the, but you know she has no chance. She thinks she has it. And you're so excited that maybe it works. But deep in your heart, you know Dean's ending it. No, no, I don't believe it. Don't, don't ruin my thoughts. But like, yeah. I can see the episode, you know what I mean? Like, Right, but you can see it so well, it feels like that's... That's why you don't trust the next time on Survivor. It's never as straight a straight shot as it seems. True. And it just seems like such a straight shot. Like maybe I mean maybe that's what they're going for. And we'll get there next Wednesday. But like, uh, I want to believe that Survivor won't do that to me. Especially not here. Mm-hmm. I almost I think I'm coming from where I like I want a surprise so bad to redeem some of the bad parts of this season. Yeah, I get that. I get that for sure. I do think if Janet wins, I, I still maintain that. I think this is a very p- sloppy way to do it. Um, mm. I will. Think especially post-merge, Janet has been a like a total non-entity, effectively. And I think that's just unfortunate. Like, I think I would want a better Janet edit to win. Um, better Janet character, because I think Janet is amazing. I think she's a good Survivor player, all that good stuff. Somehow she's in the Final Five. Never would have expected that at the merge. <laughs> that said, we did get Tommy bringing up... Oh, by the way, and we all know it's a universal truth. You can't let Janet to because f- she'll just win fire. Yeah, now she's one vote away. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, you said the thing about the sloppy edit, and I contend that this has not been a bad merge for Janet. I feel like, yeah, it's been quiet and it's not been super strategic, but we've seen her. We know she's incorporated, like, and she's very rootable. So, like... I think the pieces are there to make a satisfying Janet win. It's almost as if with how she acted at the merge, you honestly don't need to hit it over the head. True. Like That's a good point. If Janet just sort of coasts a little quietly to the end, like, that's great. That feels awesome. But I don't know. Janet's my number two. Once again, the veil of wishful thinking is powerful. Mm -hmm. It's just, it feels like the most valid way to end this season is to give this really positive character like the win. Mm -hmm. Especially when the number one contender is so sterile and clinical towards this big story that has changed the season so much. 
It's like, I think a big thing I have with Tommy is that despite his edit being so good, so consistent throughout the season, something just doesn't feel right. Like it just doesn't completely add up. And it's just that that little bit of doubt just keeps, Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, Janet makes a lot of sense here. I honestly think what it is to me, that clinical side is that he probably wasn't the best player. Like they're presenting him as the best player. And I don't think he was. And I think that discrepancy is what feels weird. I think it is from the start. I feel like this is a winner that they're trying to justify and they didn't realize that they over justified him kind of like, um, it's like when, like, I think they probably have a pretty low opinion of if he wins his winning game. I don't think he's seen that highly, but they edited him as the strong guy that he not right. wasn't necessarily. And so it just, there's this weird discrepancy between how people talk about him and how he presents himself. That just feels like, twilight zone era or twilight zone-esque like like he's two things at once yeah i mean maybe this should go and we actually talk about him but it's just like we've had this season where i said every character feels like they've had the appropriate amount of time devoted to them and i would say the one exception is tommy tommy like has too much time devoted to him for what he actually has done Mm -hmm. so far and it's just like it's sticking out and it's like what why but in a weird way, his visibility hasn't even been that high. It's just yeah. episodes have been centered around him. When they... Tommy should, he should be like Carter, like so irrelevant to the game, but he is here at the end and like is yep. there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I agree with that. Anyways, let's talk about Lauren, who's the opposite of that. Oh, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren. Okay. So I think I said, I feel like all these four have some interesting story. And that, and it feels like they can win somehow. Is Lauren is that in that? Of course, she wins if she makes it to the end. Like it's been Lauren's like season, Lauren's gameplay, Lauren's game to lose. The problem that persisted here, Lauren. That edit does not match what I just said. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here on the penultimate episode to say Lauren is last. Lauren makes no sense. <laughs> like, what did this season do with Lauren? <laughs> I'm insulted, to be honest. Like, <laughs> in the past, I was like, okay, whatever. Like, maybe she gets idled out, something, or, like, like, maybe. But now we're at the, like, maybe she doesn't make it as far as an iconic player would. And so they, like, how do you edit the best player at who leaves at nine or something? But mm-hmm. she's in the final five, probably mm-hmm. in the final four. Like, <laughs> Sheree Fields made that. Like, David Wright, like, why didn't, if Lauren doesn't win, why didn't you give her that? <laughs> Or something. Yeah. She has no story. She has nothing. She's by far the best confessionalist, I think. She's super interesting. She is clearly the best player. It's not even close. I mean, this episode where she's like, I'm not making it to the finals, but I don't know what to do. Like, I'm the biggest threat, but I can't. I don't have the power. It's like, what? Like, Lauren, like, pick this together. This is where you're sort of falling apart. But Mm -hmm. I agree. Otherwise, up until here, Lauren has played an absolutely amazing game. And all the times where it was like, Tommy and Lauren need to be split up. It's talking about Tommy going, not Lauren. People Mm want to work with Lauren. And even, like, if you look at the very start of these episodes, like, the flip to save Nora and take out Molly, that was Lauren. The big moves of this game have been... It's not even like she's one of these people who have just played really good and, like, like mm. you know, like a Boston Robert Kim Spradlin who didn't have to make the moves. She did. She did that. She made huge swings early on. She did all kinds of things. And... 
we're left with somebody with no story. We still know nothing about this girl at all. Right. If you didn't read her Chiron, you don't know her occupation. She hasn't said it on the show. Um, Like, she's a nanny. You think maybe she could say, that's taught me to be good with people. Yeah, like, I need to nanny Nora. She's a little crazy, but, like, just get her in line. Like, super condescending, but, like, hey, it ties it back to her yeah. story. And But, no, I was... I did not remember what Lauren was until you thankfully said it. Yeah. And it's just like, and we cover this show every week. We watch each episode (laughs) multiple times. And you know what I mean? It's just dumbfounding to me that continuously she's just like, it really feels like she's being surgically removed. Like somebody has thought for hours about how to make her less relevant. And they've done that. Yeah. Like if Lauren, like Lauren winning would be like, sure. She'd be a millionaire. I'm sure she'd be very happy would be insulting i think like oh yeah i would be offended if i won with this edit Mm -hmm. because they're just telling us she's less like they're basically telling us she's a not she's carter you know what i mean yeah (laughs) she's the carter that's how it's portrayed it's just not not good like and then you yeah like she's even openly talking to people like yeah everybody knows if i make it to the end i win right so what do i do (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that would be a captivating story right if it's the story of um, what happens when you're so great. Um, you're such a magnificent survivor player that you run out of room. Like you, you shine too bright so you can't make it to the end. That's the David Wright story. But I think it would be even a little better with Lauren because it's literally, she gets to the final six and she's like, Oh my goodness. I've like, I've gone Tommy this path to the end. I've gone, but no matter what, no one was ever going to bring me to the end. Like, and they mm-hmm. kind of like the, the sadness there, but they don't even give her a story. They don't give her anything. Yeah. That's like the one huge failing to me of this season is missing Lauren's story completely. Like, yeah, it's just like <laughs> Tommy Lauren is such a good Dominic Wendell. Like, even if they don't make it both to the finals, like to set it up in a similar way, like have them both powerful winner contenders throughout. And yeah, maybe Lauren falls short, but like, at least there's someone there, like they're matched. Mm-hmm. instead we're just presented like tommy's the only good player in the game and mm-hmm. there's just not <laughs> I, like it's like do you not realize she's in the frame like and everyone's like she lip read like she lip read and flipped a vote mm-hmm. she's like a super person but you can't even like we can't even name her occupation the other thing yeah. nanny like okay there's this huge um teaching theme throughout this season both yeah. from the actual twist and Tommy being a teacher and just people learning from each other, learning kind of different walks of life. You know what job is remarkably similar to a teacher? A nanny? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she could br- easily get connected to that theme. And nowhere. Nothing. Nope. It's, it's shocking, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I feel bad for Lauren. Because <laughs> like, you know she's never getting invited back because of that. That's the kind of thing. Like I don't know. I could see her getting invited back over kelly over janet over elaine i guess i I don't see it comparatively that's the problem they're not gonna invite 15 people back from a season especially this season i guess but yeah i yeah uh, i don't know it's at this point where like the farther lord makes it into that finale like the more like the farther the season goes down for me because it Mm -hmm. told a worse story like if she's a losing finalist maybe i get it no, if she's the no. losing finalist, that's almost the worst. Because I like, don't. What if she gets to the end and they're just like, "Lauren, you suck. You were mean and cruel, and 
zero votes that super wasn't in the edit though true like we saw bits of like lauren could get snipey or mean or didn't treat a situation perfectly but that wasn't ever presented that's a good point yeah no you're right like lauren winning like at least i'm happy for i think it's a botched winners edit but i guess it's a good end to the season lauren as a losing finalist is like i don't understand why she lost i guess the one okay so i mean i pitched the one losing finalist idea okay so she's um like um disliked or whatever what if it's the opposite what if it's lauren you know we really liked you but just something about tommy we just we just want to vote for tommy instead um you know you really you played an amazing game lauren but were you tommy if it's what if it is there's no justifiable reason why tommy wins other than um social factors limiting your upward trajectory what if that's why that's so gross but it does fit nicely into those themes right please don't let that happen but at least it makes some sense it absolutely does it's probably the worst case scenario like what if lauren is objectively better than tommy which seems probably true and tommy sneaks out a win um it's a possibility like but even so i just can't like them justifying that, I just can't see it. Like, there's no, like, it's so far from the realm of possibility. Yeah, you're right. They probably wouldn't edit, like, they'd probably do it differently, unless uh-huh. it's really uncomfortable. But we'll let's just hope it's not the case. But I think it's a possibility. But more than likely, she's our fire making loser. She's the um, fire making loser. Like, she feels Devin and Kobe. Like, yeah. the pieces are missing. Like, 100%. Yeah, she feels so much more like, um, like, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> Devin or Kara than he does than she does like um Chrissy or Dominic mm-hmm. right sure. like as the secondary person like it makes more sense that way um especially the spike at the merge is a huge thing so mm-hmm. yeah yep cool let's move here to Nora who got a little <sighs> bit of a um I guess endorsement from Elaine in this episode um <laughs> for like five seconds I was like what if Nora wins but no there's there's no chance. I've seen people who are like have Nora as their second contender, and it's just hmm. I will say this about Nora. Um, knowing how Dan Dan's story ended, I think obviously Janet looks the strongest from her displaying actions out there. I think edit manipulation-wise, Nora looks the best in relation to that story. We get that moment at the merge where Nora is like, yeah, Dan needs to go because he's this and this and this. And it's just very clear, very put out there. She's very against it. It doesn't go her way, but I think it's there. We know where Nora stands. Absolutely. And no, I, think- I think you're right. If you're tracking just edit manipulation, Lauren is, or sorry, Nora <laughs> is not a bad choice. The problem is that there's all the other stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's just wildly inconsistent. And you can say, how else would they edit Nora? She's this fruit loop but i think there's piece there's also pieces missing here where nora could have had bigger roles more strategic roles like she even could have been less visible like that's another way they could have done this right um do more of this treatment with elaine right like i'm sure some people have positive things to say about nora of like hey she's not that bad she has a good heart um and maybe show less of her being a jerk (laughs) because that's the thing is as much as I love Nora, she's a fantastic, fun character. I love her. I'm sure like, I get a picture that she's probably horrible to be around. Um, oh, yeah. Like, we remember, like, episode one or two where she's just bossing everyone around. Being like, you guys don't tend the fire like I do. And 
are we ever going to go get coconuts? It's just like, you don't need to, I don't know. I guess you're trying to show why Nora is a potential boot, but eh, it's just, yeah, there's too many bad moments for Nora. Mm -hmm. Especially being mean to Karishma. Yeah, that was sort of a big point. It's like, (laughs) yeah, the path for Nora to win is the path where um, at Final Tribal, Karishma is like, Nora, you suck, I hate you, and everyone else like, shut up, Karishma. Everyone who's mean to you, we like, or something. Like, something really <laughs> terrible like that. Like, it makes no sense. Um, yeah, it's just, Nora, I'd love it if she won, but it would be the upheaval of everything. Mm. Like, it would be... Saying, Isn't that oh, different from, like, Jenna Maraska? Yes. A little bit. I don't know. To me, there is... <laughs> I guess what you're saying with the edit manipulation is the one, like, the one thing in her favor is similar to what you said about Janet. Like, what if being against Dan at the merge is so good for her um, audience engagement? Like, how much the audience roots her on that it lasts all the craziness, all the negativity? Yeah, I mean, I don't think her fandom has ever been a problem because even when Nora is mean, like, even when she says mean things about Krishna, I still love her. Like, mm-hmm. she said that, and it was hilarious. She hid Dean's shoes this episode. It was so mean, but so funny. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here for whatever Nora does. It's just, it's not, like, what you expect from someone who wins the prestigious game of Survivor. True. That's true. Um, Yeah, to me, it's mostly, like, she probably can win. Like, there's a there is a lens you can view it of. The times when she really needed positivity, she got it. Like, like I said, super positive Elaine on her departure talks about how great Nora is on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple times throughout the season, we have got people be like, she means well, right? Like, that's kind of Jason's thing early on. Yeah. We get that from Jamal a little bit. We get that from t- even our boy Tommy saying he'd actually care about. Oh, no, that was Karishma. But um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there is yeah. a gentle positivity to Nora in general. That is absolutely out of manipulation because she's probably kind of mean. Like she seems like she's in general just kind of mean. Um, So I'm not going to say like there's no chance. It's just less likely than everybody but Lauren. Yeah, I would say Nora's best bet for winning her final tribal council is against Dean and Tommy. Mm -hmm. Because it's like I said, it's just everything you thought about this season is wrong like this is why tommy loses this is why nora is actually good yeah and maybe it really is um like the maybe if we're wrong and this is a female positive theme like season maybe that's what it is is it's dean tommy and nora and everybody's like well nora had to face challenges that dean and tommy never had to (laughs) i don't i don't have as much faith in uh the survivor jury to be (laughs) consider this kind of things but with people like jamal and kelly maybe looking at um laurel or Julie even. I think Nora feels like that person where I usually be like, yeah, it's not conventional per se, but like, look at all these positive things. And this is why I think she wins going into it. And I'm not falling for her this time. I think Janet could have some of that stuff too that I'm <laughs> getting into, but Nora definitely feels that way. And I think when we talked about the likability as a liability theme, playing out as a losing finalist with that theme just sort of boosting her up for what she was this season, I think is a likely result. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like somehow this girl made it to the end is the story, right? <laughs> I'm so glad we got her all 14 episodes worth. We've really looked out with, like, the losing finalists lately. Like, Angelina, Nora, Julie. Actually yeah. really fun characters. Mm-hmm. Not so bad. I guess not Gavin. Gavin was... <laughs> but, poor Gavin. Um, cool. Anything else on Nora? 
Uh, I don't think so. So she was just spinning around on the beach. She had no idea what the challenge was. Which... which amazing. <laughs> makes so much sense. I also really liked that Nora seemed to have no trouble whatsoever crossing the balance beam when she was spinning after that spinning part. I mean, that was like a <laughs> one of those character quirks that was... It's like when someone, like a character has an eye patch in a movie, it's like Nora's whole life is in a blur from spinning around, basically, that it's no difference to her just regularly balancing across a beam. I mean, yeah, that has been a fun subplot that, like, despite her just general kookiness, like, Nora is a yogi, so she's, like, good at all these endurance challenges and balance challenges. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 pretty fascinating. Just They've done a really great job developing her as a character, like. You leave liking oh, yeah. her, but being like, oh my goodness, I never want to spend any time with her whatsoever. Yeah. Like, Nora is just the pinnacle of why why this season is good. In what ways mm-hmm. this season is good, you look at Nora, and yeah. you're like, what a character. Absolutely. Speaking of which, we'll move here to our boy Tom, <laughs> who... And I say again, what a character. <laughs> yeah. In this episode, um, I don't know about you, but seeming pretty like uh, ragged compared to normal. Um, <laughs> normally, he's like a very handsome dude. And in this one, it looked like he was going through a lot. He's, I think he's balding at 24, which poor man. Or his hair is thinning. I don't know. It's probably, honestly, it's probably just like being on an island for 35 days. But true. It probably just doesn't measure on you. But he looked like he was distressed out of um, his mind. Um, but he did get a lot of good content. Um, yeah. I actually started kind of liking Tommy a little bit in this episode just because I am a game bot. Um, and like, whatever, he's fine. He's fine. He's The problem is he's just bland. Is Yeah. Like he is. Yeah. In this season of characters, he's not who I want to see taken away. It's just, it's like, no, like, no, <laughs> just. Give me anyone else, please. Yeah, on the rainbow, he's gray. Like, it's... Like, like sure, sometimes a nice Hugh Gray sweater or whatever, or Heather Gray look, but uh, it's still gray. Um, I'm, yeah, And it's like, Survivor has been a series of days where all I've got to wear is gray sweater. Yeah. Like. yeah, no, it's... I don't know, Tommy, to me, more than likely is going to win this game, like mm-hmm. we've been saying the entire time. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's... A, draining but i do want to kind of push back on the idea that a predictable winner is bad in an edgic sense because we are analyzing this story a thousand times more than everybody else right like that is a a fascinating we said this kind of like before the merge right like sometimes the winner isn't there is no distraction the distraction this season was karishma and it was built on the idea of well um maybe tommy's so obviously a winner that circle logic yourself forever but most people don't view the show that way most people Mm-hmm. look at who gets voted out and consider it from that. Like in many ways, Tommy isn't that obvious of a winner. And I think it's a success of storytelling in some ways that they developed him early on. So you buy him as a credible person. Like they did their job when he wins. People will be like, yeah, he's somebody who deserved to win. That's what their like mandate is. Yeah. And they did it. We shouldn't get mad at them for that. Do I wish they could do something a little different? Yeah. But like, it's not like they did a bad job. It's not like Tommy is an obvious winner because most casual fans who are the overwhelming majority of the show are not like, oh, Tommy's obviously winning. Right. I think I think a big issue with Tommy being an obvious winner is that even though edically Dean, Janet, and Nora's edits don't make sense, I think as characters, like the audience isn't angry to see those three win. 
Mm-hmm. So to see them lose is like in some ways really disappointing, and you're left with Tommy, who's like, yeah, the gray sweater. It's just, it's not. I don't know. I think we talk about a lot how the losing finalists really show, like we can trace back why they lost, mm-hmm. and and I guess you, I don't know, you see that in their cases too, but it's hard. I, I just, obviously we're doing edgic and we are looking for this. And so when we see this very obvious front runner, it looks really obvious to us who are paying attention to these criteria. Mm. I think you're right in that a viewer doesn't see it so obvious. Tommy's sort of just this background character who's always there and is getting bigger and bigger as the season goes on. But yeah, yeah like this isn't Rick Devins. This isn't right. Like a good example yeah is the casual audience in Edge of Extinction absolutely at the final, like, 10 would be like, oh, I think Rick's going to win great. He's not in your face. He's not, like, Tommy isn't just, like, bombarded on the television. It's even Dominic, right? Like, those are the characters that are the quote-unquote obvious winners. But when you analyze what a winner actually looks like, when you kind of look at it from, like, a scientific standpoint, the whole Edgic thing, that's where, like, we picked Wendell. Like, I, like, episode one, he wasn't, in your face obnoxious if anything who's very like under edited mm-hmm. but that didn't change like we saw it and i like i had all kinds of conversations with my friends where i'm like no this guy's winning and they're like who's wendell um it's kind of how this thing works is i think tommy did for the most part you if you don't if you're not looking for a winner and you just see tommy the guy like oh that guy looks that guy seems smart and like you know what he seems like he's good at the game is mm-hmm. basically what most people probably leave thinking is He's a good narrator, and I can trust what he says. And maybe he'll do really well. Mm-hmm. Like no, like I don't think any casual fan, like 15 weeks ago, was expecting Tommy to be here. But they're happy that he is. Um, and the people he's with are all complex in some way, and you could see why he could beat them, except Janet and arguably Lauren. Um, like you can see why Dean would lose. You can see why Nora would lose. That's why I think that is our final three: it's Tommy, Dean, Nora. To me, mm-hmm. and Tommy will have to answer for a lot of our themes like he's gonna have to answer for um sort of the female theme the uh social factors limiting your upward trajectory theme all that kind of stuff but he's gonna have a good answer and he's gonna talk about compromise and working between people and everybody has challenges but you just have to be able to um get to the grindstone and try your best and that's gonna be how it's presented yeah yeah i am curious to see what tommy's final tribal looks like because like we said he's not done a ton actively game wise so i mean he has two more opportunities to do something and then he has to sort of play out this case and i'm just interested to see how it does play into those themes so Mm -hmm. no and i mean i i'm sure he's gonna talk a lot about like i'm sure it's gonna be littered with the teaching thing um mm-hmm. in a season all about teaching i'm the one who didn't get to be a student and like that stuff just seems like it's gonna happen um and i do think that is gonna be like i i personally do think that he's gonna challenge lauren and fire making mostly on the back of they did that weird like the calculated risk episode the choice they used was the chris moment just mm-hmm. makes me think it's been presented as the that's the risk you make hmm. eh, i don't maybe know. too cute but. but yeah it feels it feels obvious i'd be so excited if it was anything but but yeah i do want to say um his moment at the end of this episode after dan is removed he goes straight into game mode and i mm-hmm. think on one hand that looks really good it's sort of like kim spradlin and the chickens like, this is a really good moment for my game. Like, I mean, obviously, it's not a good moment for his game. He's talking about how it shuffles up the things for him. It's a moment of doubt, almost. 
but it is weird that it goes straight into okay how does this affect my game Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's like it's just another one of those little things something is wrong with tommy's and i don't know okay so what do you make of the exact same thing happening with Janet. Janet, if I remember correctly, she talks about it more. Yeah, more of a social. Like she definitely yeah. does yeah. talk about that more. But I think what this is, this was the um, hype reel for Tommy versus Janet. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that. And I think, like you said, these little moments that don't fit in, I think are part of just a struggle to give Tommy this winner mm-hmm. edit like the shape generally and you're cramming pieces in that don't belong but i think a good analogy is the end of this episode positions tommy as somebody who always will think with he's somebody who is like okay something terrible happened how does this affect my game mm-hmm. and janet is something terrible happened i feel for the people that this affected and they're mm-hmm. positioned against each other that's been something that's been going on this entire season i think this is the payoff and this whole season has had this weird undercurrent of caring about other people can get you in trouble and i yeah. that's not great for janet i do think she's being presented as an obstacle for tommy to beat um maybe she trusts too much in tommy or something and that's her downfall mm-hmm. and the other weird thing with tommy is like all season we've been kind of tracking the idea that He's probably a lot more villainous than we're seeing in this episode. He's reveling and lying early on. Mm-hmm. He talks about how he doesn't want to care for anybody. Uh, survivors all about yourself. And it's about uh, running faster than everybody else by yourself. Um, I feel like Tommy's been a much more villainous than we've probably seen, but it's the whole like uh, sand off the edges for the winner kind of treatment. Probably. Yeah. And it also, I think there is enough of it there. For the jury to at least bring up, like you're a little too like, just into the game like you don't care mm-hmm. about people but then you have like elaine being like i love him and janet is like oh, i love him it's like it won't hold water i think mm-hmm. especially if the other two are like dean and nora and you're just vouching for like their um just like their realness and authenticity even if they are like mean i don't know and another thing is like he kind of got in front of that this episode where he's like my real life i'm a great person i'm a teacher i can't lie here i like it right that's that seems like a final tribal council deflection yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah. Uh. That's Tommy. We've probably talked about him a lot throughout. We, we can't mention. We can't go without mentioning Tommy and his mommy. Like, oh my god! Please. Uh. Yeah. No. He tried like all the time. It's like you want to like the guy, and then he says something like that. <laughs> like, and it's like teaching time with Tommy. Also, it just feels like things he said in his head and was like, okay, time to let it out. And no, just no. And that needs mm-hmm. to go back to the cutting room floor and mm-hmm. workshop it a bit and maybe throw it away. <laughs> He's probably just kind of cringy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some people yeah. are that way. I'm that way. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and the other thing that kind of bothered me with him is, ooh, mm, can't quite think of it, but relevant to that. But yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> great podcasting there, but no, like... <laughs> Tom, like the whole Tommy with his mommy thing, just so unfortunate. Like, oh, that's the thing. He's great on Twitter. He's actually really funny on Twitter. He's very interesting. I'm guessing he's a pretty good writer that uh, when asked questions, sometimes hip fires bad, poorly constructed things. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that happens. Yeah. Poor Tommy and his mommy. And it's I, kind of funny that they're now the two like front runners, like they're at each other's throats. Yeah, it's Tommy versus Mommy. Yeah, Tommy versus Mommy. Can that just be, just name the finale that? Oedipus Tommy, uh, Survivor Season. (laughs) Uh, No. So that's Tommy. Let's move here to Elaine. 
Um, this was just a goodbye. Yeah. We and talked like, about how the season really seemed to want to mention how great she is, but she didn't always fit into the main arc. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's a goodbye. It's a little bit of a tie up of some of the stories, but overall she was a fan favorite character and they knew that she, they had gold with her, but she didn't quite yeah. fit in. Yeah. I'm glad you came around on her at this episode. To me, it felt sort of like bland. Like I didn't get any new fun Elaine. I feel like. She just got really sentimental. I'm like, ugh, I'm done with that. I want fun Elaine. But yeah, great character. I, just another like weird, like none of the Lyros really make sense. Like where they end in the story. Like mm-hmm. Aaron fizzles out. I guess Missy makes sense as a big character. Elizabeth fizzles out. Elaine just has this weird, like is talked about as such a big character and then goes out here. But mm-hmm. yeah, she still feels like it's, we're, we've been told how crazy good of a character she is, but they didn't fully develop it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it very much a show or a tell don't show thing, or like they told us instead of showing us what makes her so great, except for early on. Yeah. I almost wish they would have gone full Christian. Like, mm-hmm. they like did a half Christian here and like. They did Davy. Yeah. Which like kind of makes sense in the scheme mm-hmm. of things, but. Or Donathan. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree. I think they could have probably gone full Christian. I think maybe could have sustain that um momentum like a christian and it also it puts someone up there to yes. compete with tommy like instead of like lauren give lauren content from the beginning uh sap all of dan's airtime to elaine and like you've got three strong contenders four if you count janet and mm-hmm. like, voila a great voila, season 100 <laughs> percent. Yep. uh so that's probably good for elaine uh, I'm yeah i've come around on her pretty high i feel like we've talked about dan enough screw yeah, that guy i don't want to be I guess the podcast is just like, yeah, we don't need to talk about Dan. I mean, we have definitely talked a great deal about Dan. I think we were saying he could win when it's just really shocking that his story did end in this way. It is really Chris Underwoody and that you can't predict it. Like who would have thought? Um, But yeah, just, I don't know, find ways to not have this happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think, and I think the thing was pregame. I was like, this guy is questionable. Mm-hmm. and it's just like he's a like an older man like it's a strange archetype but like you definitely got like weird like vibes from him like yeah. in the pregame he talked about how he just needs to like fit into a majority and like mm-hmm. it's very it's slimy and like i don't know we got bits of it earlier on and then it like spiraled and hit its not- like really bad point and just ugh, just not to I- mention in his preseason, he mentioned that he wanted he tried to sidestep the whole casting process and like because he has like connect like he's in hollywood so he has all kinds of right. connections with cbs mm-hmm. he said that he tried super hard to like sneak through it but then he still had to go through it like regular but like Mm -hmm. people who try to sidestep the casting process are probably not the yeah best i don't know yeah i don't know yeah i guess i guess there wasn't much to say about dan that we haven't yeah like we did devote quite a bit at the start is like yeah like i said he should have been removed at the merge and now it's so clear that that's the case probably would have been a much better season yeah and at least I have this finale to go into to enjoy the like denouement of the season mm-hmm. with these five. I know the reunion is being pre-taped. Oh yeah. So uh, warning to everyone, just like since it's going to be taped in advance, stay off Twitter, stay off the internet for those four hours before. Um, Absolutely. But I would think why we had Alec 
be banned from the reunion for like sharing a picture with Kara. It's like, just, no, why does he need to be here? Like he doesn't. Dan better not be at the reunion. <laughs> yeah, it's no. I'd be, imagine if Alec can't go because, oh, that would be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I was thinking about Alec the other day. What a great character. Alec's the best. Alec for, yeah, second chances. Yeah. Cool. Well, anyway, that is our show. Uh, You can email us at... We got to say our boot order. Oh, yeah, you do yours. Okay, so, like I said, Dean goes at five. uh, He plays the nullifier and Janet. Janet plays her idol. So all the votes count, but Dean still gets the majority. Um, Final four. uh, Tommy wins. Maybe Nora no, Tommy wins. <laughs> Tommy wins, takes Nora. Janet and Lauren duke it out. Janet wins fire. Lauren's out. So you got Tommy, Janet, Nora, final three. Nora obviously doesn't get any votes, but I still think Tommy somehow wins over Janet. I don't, I think they'll say Tommy played a more of a game, controlling game than Janet and reward that. Oh, and I it'll be, really hope you're wrong. And it'll be very unfortunate. And like, this is, I guess, my plan saying the idol nullifier getting janet out is too straight a shot yeah it's honestly yours is probably this i would agree is the second most likely we've seen i guess basically my take is if janet loses like if you're an older woman on survivor like what's the point (laughs) yeah what's the point (laughs) um i would be devastated if a season like this quote-unquote woke it votes for tommy instead like that would be so heartbreaking but I mean, yeah, I hope we somehow get to that end and Janet wins, but that's not what this season has mm-hmm. led us to believe. That is true. I guess I'll do mine. I believe that I honestly I'm going with the telegraph mostly because, OK, so next time on Survivor Theory, I think is a good thing of like usually the opposite happens. This wasn't in the next time. This was presented in the episode. Mm-hmm. That's so fair. I don't know. I'm going with Janet gets I don't all fired out at five because she's going to make fire too well. Um. <laughs> Tommy wins immunity at four. I'm guessing he actually wins both, but he wins at four. He gives it up to take out Lauren, uh, which gives you Tommy, Dean, Nora. I think Dean gets some Lyro votes, and but Tommy gets the overwhelming majority and wins. Mm-hmm. Nora gets maybe Elaine, but probably zero. Yep. And Elaine gets the Sia money. Mm-hmm. Or Janet. I just, Sia give out a lot of money this year. She did. <laughs> yeah, she might have hit her budget. Because what, she gave Rick Devins like $100,000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe she'll give Tommy $100,000. Oh, no. No, that means he doesn't win. Okay, well, what if she? What if he wins and she gives him money? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Survivor, please just cancel Survivor. Please just like. <laughs> yeah, I guess, do you want to, like, I don't know. To me, one thing that's, I guess, kind of, um like, I don't know. The, I feel like. A lot of decisions lately have been based on like survivor decisions have been panic because I think they knew that this storm was coming right. and they made a lot of rash decisions. Should we like uh, wrap up and then like have a spoiler cast? Because like, well, sure. not like not like this season. We don't know what's happening this season. Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. what the theme season 40 is sure so sort of taking this season in reaction to what's coming. Yeah. yeah so I if think- you don't want to know anything about the next season, um, that's our show um you can email us at us at thewinner at, at gmail.com uh new episodes this week on saturdays uh you can follow me at danny kills bees on twitter or joe at j chapman 9000 yep um and yeah i guess now we'll just talk a little bit about the news of yeah here is a like uh talking pause if stop here if you don't want to hear about season 40 mm-hmm. and its theme yeah because we like 
generally like me and joe i read nothing extra about survivor basically i watch the show i don't even watch scenes anything like that mm-hmm. no ponderosa just, yeah yeah sometimes sometimes i'll watch ponderosa but i mean it's really tempting this season but yeah i have not yeah but yeah i i stay away from all that stuff but season 40 i mean most people probably know what it is there it's is all no winners. way to, yeah there's no way to avoid it it is like because obviously they filmed like what almost a year ago at this point and it's like oh yeah the theme is all winners mm-hmm. and it's season 40 it's all winners this happened season 39 happened <laughs> like what are you thinking okay so i guess part of me thinks so there is some weirdness because jeff ropes i remember like a year ago was like we will never do all winners i think it's stupid and tacky and we it's just not something we're interested in doing right now and the internet got super mad maybe it was him being coy whatever but he to also, me um when season 30 was happening they were like are you gonna do anything special for season 30 and he's like no it's just a number 30 doesn't mean special for it mm-hmm. and yeah. now it's season 40 and it just happens to be this very very special all winner season yeah, and considering how vocal he was against an all-winner season when it's, like, the most requested by far, um, mm-hmm. to me, this whole situation re- reeks of they probably thought, like, with this Dan News, especially him getting removed for doing it again. Like, that mm-hmm. is night and day different than, like, it's one thing for him to be, like, as creepy as he was to the characters, or not the people, sorry, in this season right at the Mm -hmm. merge beforehand that's one thing it's a whole nother thing that their decision to not take him out led to him doing it again doing something again yes yeah what what it was we don't know but that's important is their decision not to their inaction caused something else is a pretty huge deal it's a pr nightmare Survivor's actually on the news, right like yeah and i mean i think part of the reason we don't know what happened is there's litigation in absolutely air. between some parties we don't even know it could be uh other contestants versus survivor for letting this happen it could be dan versus survivor for defamation all sorts of things and it's just like this is big for survivor i mean yes being framed as the first ejection from survivor which i think is like like brandon hance was like kind of ejected it's like yeah, he-, <laughs> <laughs> he was removed i guess ejection is different yeah it's like stuff like that is yeah but it's big. It's, yeah, it super affects Survivor going forward. Absolutely. I have all kinds of people who, like, don't even know I watch Survivor. Just my friends in real life. They're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's ridiculous. It's really crossed over. There's no way they didn't know this was coming. And the sudden decision to flip to all winners, to me, I guess, I think it's very possible. It was a reaction to the disaster coming up Mm -hmm. it almost i guess i sort of look at it as like what if we can't continue past season 40 Mm -hmm. like what if it's just it just can't happen there's too much liability too much backlash like season 40 is our last shot to make it even maybe last or to have something momentous Mm -hmm. yeah that's where i sort of see it as now especially Putting all this into context. Yeah, the ejection makes so much sense in hindsight. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing I was kind of talking about when we were talking about Dan in this episode was, well, what if, like, they can't afford to not edit him as a character in the show? Like, I think it's a very real possibility that the lawsuit 
if there is one, is Dante's survivor. And that complicates everything, right? That explains a lot of stuff that's happened. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but it's very interesting to think of in the context of knowing what next season's theme is. Yeah. And even some casting decisions of people who aren't there. Right. Um, I think uh, 1,000% are from this. Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing an all-winter season without some of the biggest heavy like the biggest heavy hitter yeah and i don't think that's a coincidence at all probably a good choice too to be honest but mm-hmm. yeah um the impact that this season is going to have on survive immense yeah and i know it's interesting because i think there's also talk about how season 39 got marketing and of course there's the whole don't sleep on 39 push <laughs> and all that and it's like very interesting to consider the pr side of things yeah no like the fact that they announced the theme basically right before this season aired like they announced like they announced 40s theme right before 39 aired mm-hmm. you're right like that's weird um normally you don't find the theme out till quite late um but yeah i don't know it's just there's a lot of weirdness going on there and it is absolutely something that it, I'm sure we'll hear more about um, in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with the finale being pre-taped, it seems like there's some potential for something to go down. Mm -hmm. And like, like we said, like Alec didn't get a go and that was just because he posted one picture and Mm -hmm. like he was presented as a great character on the show. And like, so yeah, I think if you think about that, maybe it is Dan with a lawsuit against Survivor. Like, then he's still there and gets to speak his case. Ugh, just not. It's possible. It's very possible. And I mean, even if he's not there, I think I get why they are pre-taping this. Like, right. it makes so much sense. If you've taken, like, a law class at all, like, you do not want to be, like, having people on TV say anything about the situation that they can't clear. Mm-hmm. Un- that's unfortunate that that's the world we live in but like if there is any sort of litigation going on you just can't have people in yeah. the situation giving their take if it's not like crystal thing it also explains a lot of the apologies from people on twitter if you look through that like oh, they've yeah. all been clinical like they've been like proofread and like <laughs> like basically the same message mm -hmm. there's like when after the merge episode basically all of the lyro well like more than just lyro i guess but basically it was a series of apologies and yeah they all looked very similar and they all like came out like exactly one hour apart from one another Mm -hmm. so to after that episode it looked terrible and like they were unforgiving but seeing how things have turned out it's almost like we're just going along with Mm -hmm. what we're being told to do and it's not that we're not sorry it's that we could cause serious problems for ourselves and for the show we were on yeah and yeah yeah the sad thing is that being sorry is an admission of guilt right Mm -hmm. like that is unfortunate but true and it is something that they are they do have to wrestle with um going forward. I do kind of like I don't know. It is just very fascinating like cuz there also is this weird underbelly of people kind of positioning the idea that maybe the cast itself will say like might be more receptive to Dan than we'd like. I don't know how much I take that seriously, but either way I get why they're taping this finale. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of wonder, Joe, what do you think the finale is even going to look like? Like, are they going to talk about this stuff? Huh. I I don't know how they... It just... It's hard to say because we don't know what's happening behind this. And I think... I think they're... Pro- like, my theory that why they're pre-taping it, they can't have things air that A, aren't 100% factual truth, and B, just, like, just, like, touch the... Oh, that's a terrible word. But, um, just address the issue so in a way that's too confrontational. Which mm-hmm. is terrible. That's just saying, your real emotions, they do not work for our, uh, televised production, so yeah. we need to edit this, too. Which yeah. is, like... Really kind of ironic because you think about Survivor, which is an edited television based on real things happening on an island. And it gets a ton of criticism for saying, oh, it's not real. It's manufactured. And maybe the fakest thing is this televised live reunion usually is vetted and potentially edited down because of things that have happened. Yeah, I mean, in a way, like why... In some capacity, there's kind of an argument, I guess, of, well, why does the finale, like, the rest of the show isn't live, why is the finale live? Um, mm-hmm. Sort of argument, I guess. Yeah, like, tons of, almost all reality TV at this point doesn't have reunion shows, doesn't yeah. have a live finale. And yeah, it just makes sense, like, you even see, really, if anybody who's listening watches Big Brother this recent season had this kind of, like, so many social political themes come up at the finale and i felt as a viewer it was kind of uncomfortable because people weren't prepared at all for the things that were going to be uh, asked of them mm-hmm. and just like you saw all kinds of people just really crack and not understand what the question was at times and mm-hmm. like the a life finale is not the best place to kind of air people's dirty laundry i don't think um which yeah, I think Big Brother is even worse because they have been in this isolated situation in a world away from the real world, literally up until the moment they get out of the house and they're on that live reunion. I think Survivor at least has this many months window where they can at least deal with the situation with other cast members, production, all that, get some sort of sense of it. They can watch the episodes as they come out and then interact with people based on those and then go to this live finale. But yeah, it's still, yeah, it still seems so traditional. Like maybe, I guess I would have been like, just don't have a live reunion this season. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm kind of surprised they're still doing one. Mm-hmm. Like that would have, if they're gonna pre-tape it, it almost feels like what's the point? You're just asking for yeah spoilers, just like, or just like what do you need? Like you've been trimming down the reunion, any right? I guess like you've had times where you haven't talked to the pre-jurors, they haven't been on the stage. It's just you don't need it. And I guess for this one, it's a unique case where like if you don't have this, how are you going to uh, like advertise for all winners, like the biggest season ever? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like. Otherwise, you don't need these things. And I would say even then, just like before the votes are read, be like, and now here's your like ad for the next season of Survivor. And it's just, yeah, you get that little ad bit there, but it's in the show. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird things like, but this is really uncharted territory. And part of me is excited to see how that like just what happens. Like, what does it like? Do they cut in the finale? Like the supposed live reunion? Like. Mm-hmm. it'll be like, <laughs> yeah because i think obviously we know this because it was released like 
news-wise Wednesday, I think. Mm -hmm. But, like, people who are watching aren't going to be, like... Like, they won't know until it airs. And then even then, I'm sure CBS is going to be careful with their words to be like, and now, and stay tuned for the reunion and just not say it's live. Yeah. Yeah, because that is an interesting question, is if they'll even pretend it's live. Like, yeah, they might not. They might very well just... (laughs) Like, like it could just be a continuation of the episode kind of but in the future um but I it will it, be weird if they cut in between like if time passes yeah i guess if i'm like in the position of the um saving face producer of this reunion i set longer than an hour uh for this i ask questions and like make sure to have more than enough to last an hour and if it veers into that territory we don't air it and we have like scenes of jeff just saying more survivor reunion after this and just like mm-hmm. dice it together and there you, you go get like a hundred shots of jeff pro saying more for this after um, well like <laughs> yeah you don't yeah but yeah and, and then if it like if it just gets too too i don't know because like you can't ah a nightmare position do not want to be that i mean i hate like responsibility and work anyway but like (laughs) Mm -hmm. having this position of like managing this would be that's not my dream occupation no way like i am like i'm a video editor that's what i want to do and i would not want this job (laughs) like (laughs) yeah it's stressful um but it'll be interesting because there are so many unanswered questions here of just like Mm -hmm. what we're gonna see are they even gonna address it are they not so many different things. I think they absolutely will because it's the most attention the show's gone in right. a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means more viewers are going to tune in or not, but yeah, I think the thing with Survivor is like even when you br- if you were to bring up this issue to someone, be like, "Oh, hey, this is what's happening on Survivor," and they'd be like, "It's still on," and yeah. they're, they're not going to join in for the finale of a season. They have no idea who these. Yes, it's like once the like like I'd love to watch like the Bachelorette, but like. I'm not going to start five episodes in mm-hmm. like it's like we were talking earlier, like after a recording, I was like, oh, I started the most recent season of the Great British Bake Off. And you were like, how many episodes is it? And I was like five at that point. And you're like, eh, I don't know if I'll make it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't finish it, so I'm sure you <laughs> watched it, but have not. That's yeah, the thing. Like, as I feel like there's a certain segment of people that think, and I'm sure even on production of like, we want buzzy things. We want no matter what, like good press, whatever. But like, I feel like Survivor um has a pretty consistent viewer group. Like, that's not a hot take at all. It's the same group of people watching all 40 seasons, pretty much. Yeah, it's just it's almost the people who are in Survivor now are the people who have been and will be. And you're mm-hmm. not gaining or really losing, I would say. Like, you get people who are like, I'm not watching anymore after this. But, like, that's the vocal minority. Yeah. Like, and honestly, got... how many of them actually never watch an episode of Survivor again? Sure. But, yeah. But Probably not got... that many. Mm-hmm. You've got this consistent base. And no one is jumping in for season 39, I already if they are they've gotten into a prior season and that's why Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure it could add more viewers for 40 or something like that like oh what's this thing about anyway like that's a possibility like i know all kinds of people that got into survivor because of like because of the mainstream attention that the zeke episode got Mm -hmm. um and they were just kind of people who are like oh 
I'm, I don't know if I'll catch up on this one, but maybe the next one. And then they like the show, they go back to watch. That happens because now mm-hmm. the word survivor is out there and people think about it as an actual thing and not a thing that they think has been canceled, but it's something. Yeah. And I think there's another part of it that survivor is this appointment television in an era of streaming yes. services and stuff. And it's just like, we make time to watch it at seven or eight, seven central every week, but that's not what people do. And sure, they can find it somewhere but Mm -hmm. there's the very like live like oh this is what happened like and i'm the first to know with everyone else who's watching live yes that's the thing is event television's kind like that's the one thing that like taking away um like the controversies the reason survivor will outlast should anyway within a big asterisk i guess outlast other television shows is that there's a reason to watch it live mm-hmm. most other shows with an exception of the finale or something really the difference between watching it live and watching it right after isn't a huge deal mm-hmm. with survivor there is an idea of like well, well someone dies every week you get the red wedding of game of thrones but every week and you right. don't want to get figure out who it is beforehand you want to be there right when it happens mm-hmm. and so like i don't know that's one thing that's like good for survivor bad for survivors these controversies that keep coming up, the probably yeah. increased uh, liability they have to have on the players. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if like Survivor would function in like a binge. Oh no, economy. No, but like it loses its like novelty, right? Like if you just get a whole season of Survivor every half year, like it it's not special anymore. Not at all. Like I don't even want to like be there at like midnight when it comes out and then watch all through. But like. If I don't do that, then I'm behind someone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's very like Survivor is one of the last vestiges of this. That's not a word. Last stands of like water cooler television. Hundred percent. I mean, there's not water coolers anymore. There's Twitter and all the other places to talk about it and Reddit and all that. Yeah, that's the thing is. I mean, with the exception of the huge landmark shows that come out once every 10 years, like Game of Thrones, there aren't shows that, like, unless it has that significance behind it, it doesn't, Mm. it doesn't pass the test. Survivor, without the significance, without the ridiculous mainstream attention, still manages to be a show that you can find a group of people to talk about with. Right. And that, that is what kind of, like, makes it stand out. Um, And I guess my hope is that all winners can rejuvenated it a little bit mm-hmm. but uh there's yeah the i don't know have you heard that edge of extinction's back yeah i've heard i think all the i mean that is something <laughs> i don't i mean this is already like a spoiler cast for that season but it, I, i've heard all the weird twists that all winners is bringing and because i've heard more than edge of extinction that's all i've heard and i <laughs> uh, okay. don't even know if i want to hear anything else <laughs> Just more. maybe we'll see what the promo brings and then yeah if you want, I can fill you in on perfect what I've heard, and maybe I'll fact check it <laughs> because it is wow. It's it's going to be something. <laughs> but I can't <laughs> wait for that. Uh, that alone makes me not want to watch it. I guess the one thing that's kind of I mean, Buster Rob's on the season. This episode, like I joked on Twitter, like Buster Rob got like a winner edit conventional, like <laughs> yeah, straight up, straight up. Like like we, we saw him fishing. He's the only person we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. They're both getting pretty representative of how they win. Like, Sanders a little under the radar compared to him, but present and wise. And, but yeah. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I guess this has been fun. Um, yeah. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. We will see everyone next week, hopefully. Uh, 
once again, it's going to get busy with holidays and such, but I think we shall find time. Oh, for sure. Farewell. Bye. <laughs>